0: welcome to the awakened man podcast where we promulgate that your physical psychological and financial health are your true sources of wealth that must be safeguarded and optimized to achieve long-lasting happiness here we'll discuss tactics on how you may self-actualize to reach the pinnacle of authentic masculinity by embracing true libertarian principles arming yourself with red pill knowledge, as well as implementing the most up-to-date holistic health biohacks to optimize your health. Stop being a blue pill sheep, being led to slaughter by big government and the court system. Become an awakened man. Here's your host, Gregory.
1: Hello everybody, this is Gregory. Welcome back to another episode of The Awakened Man. I hope you're doing well today today. Today we're going to do a concurrent episode, a rarity, of Confessions of an Obese Child, which is my original podcast feed, and The Awakened Man. And today is going to be what I would like to call a kind of introspective, wistful reflection on my past and ruminating on the decisions of my past and how they affect me today, and to look at me in many ways as a cautionary tale. Now, for those of you who don't listen to Confessions of a Shad, Child, which, as I mentioned, was the original podcast I started in January of 2017, uh, that's essentially a collection vignettes of episodes of my, of my childhood when I was morbidly overweight. And so I talk about the trauma that I experienced in different ways in, in elementary school, middle school, high school. I've grown up that way. And that's like the first 20 episodes. And later, the later episodes are how losing the weight when I did in my senior year in high school was a benefit. Because beforehand I would never have kissed a woman much less, had sex with women nor probably had any friendships, and, and if any of you grew up overweight, you know what it's like to be stigmatized. Now, growing up obese today is a little different than in the 80s, because uh, we're the most overweight we've ever been, so I think the stigma has lessened now than back then, but I just would say there probably is a stigma. But the later episodes are about like, I lost the weight, but I had imposter syndrome mixed with survivor's guilt. Like, why did I lose all that weight? and other obese guys my age didn't. I have an episode where I talk about going to the big and tall store when I was 14. You know, 14 I was weighting a size 56 waist, 280 pounds. And I would look at other fat kids in the place and we all had this like walk of shame. We didn't want to be there, but we also knew that was the only place that we could get clothes. And I'm sure our our moms weren't happy about being there either. And you know, no parents can admit this, but... And let's be real. No parent wants their kid to be 280 pounds size 56 weights. So I, I always wondered, you know after I lost weight, like why did I lose it and not other people? And I know some of it's hard work. I, I once calculated that I've ridden, I've run or exercised five miles a day at least five days a week for 32 years. And I've calculated that's about 36,000 miles. So I've, I have walked, jogged, biked, rode, one and a half times around the equator so some of it is is work hard work but also it's just I, I don't know so having relations with with women after i lost the weight you are not like uh you're still feeling like you're the fat kid in a regular person's body and no doubt confessions of an Obisha was all about processing mistakes that happened in my life and especially in my adult life that were based and born out of childhood trauma so for example like I got into a good uh, med. I got into medical school like I, I'm sorry I was pre-med because my father was a doctor and I dropped out because ultimately I didn't think I could hack it because I was still a fat insecure kid even though I lost my weight later on because I loved history and I was good at school I got into a very prestigious PhD program in uh, colonial Latin American history and I had panic attacks in seminars because I still felt incompetent, even though when everybody looked at me exteriorly, they wouldn't see that. Same for intersexual dynamics and dating women. I felt like an imposter. Anyways, so the reason I want to do this episode is because though I've gone through therapy and now several decades of not being overweight, The trauma of my past haunts me still and probably will always haunt me on one level. I used to celebrate every May 4th, which, and I have episodes at confession celebrating it, which was the anniversary of my weight loss. I I stopped losing weight on May 4th, 1991. I tell you how old I am. And, uh, you know, it was a big day. It was a solemn day. And and I think as the years and decades go on, I almost forget sometimes that I was more overweight and the trauma that I had. But it haunts me. It doesn't haunt me as much as it did when I was in college, but certainly it haunts me. And I can look in retrospect and see that many of the mistakes I've made in my adult past are linked to that. And that doesn't take away from the mistakes that I made. It's just an acknowledgment that there is a cause and effect. And look, as you guys know, I was divorced, married and divorced. And I have an episode. Uh, I think it's Food as My Mistress. And I talk about how I would binge eat behind my ex-wife's back back when we were dating. And how that caused, and she knew, of course she knew eventually knew, how that caused trauma and I always say trauma, that caused tension in the relationship, kind of like the way porn does in a relationship. And I think connected to that is like a lot of men who go red pill because of of divorce or getting dumped or whatever it is. In retrospect, I was not as good of a husband as I could have been. I was a nice guy, which is pretty typical of overweight kids or nerdy kids, incel-esque type of kids, right? Because you you, you crave attention, you crave friendship, you crave a woman's attention. And so even though I lost the weight, I still had that I never had luck. Women never gave me the time of day. And I've talked about it It's so like, why in retrospect, like I would lament the fact in middle school that girls wouldn't talk to me, look at me, even though I smelled like feces because my mom had to sprink baby, sprinkle baby powder on my, on my groin area up until my teens because I couldn't reach it and because I would always have rashes down there and I couldn't wipe. So I was morbidly overweight and I stunk and then I'd be hurt when girls didn't like me. But then I would, at the same time, be like, well, but I have crushes on Elizabeth Shue or Alyssa Milano or whoever it was in the 80s and they're regular-weighted. So if if my crushes are regular-weighted, how can I really get mad at women for not liking me? I mean, we need we need to be honest with ourselves. So I grew up as a nice guy and very blue pill. And in retrospect, I could have been more masculine in in the marriage and I think that contributed to what happened in the marriage and I'll just keep it vague um, because I don't hate my ex-wife and I don't think it's right to malign people personally especially when you have children with them she made mistakes I made mistakes and you got to learn from the mistakes and so I made mistakes I had a marriage that ended and I have children from that And I don't regret the children because the children are blessings and then I went through the classic not all women are like that, no walt, no walt rebound relationship. I needed the validation at the time. This is before I was red pill. I needed the validation, like a lot of guys after divorce. So I, I found a new woman, stumbled upon a new woman, and then um, you know that relationship resulted in another child. And that relationship did not work out. And so because of these things. I pay fifty percent to child support, and again, I, I I know some of you appreciate my content because you find it entertaining or insightful, but I believe in earnestness and authenticity, in that I am more of a cautionary detail to younger listeners. You don't know how crushing it is to have to pay fifty percent to child support. I mean, do the math. If I make sixty thousand a year it's a, a cop, then I'm really making 30,000 a year. If I'm making 100k, it's 50K. If I'm making 150k, it's 75k, and with inflation and prices the way they are, it's crippling. It's truly crippling. Can I blame the court systems? Yes. Can I plan hypergamy and solipsism? Yes. But also I need to blame myself because I made poor decisions. And we have to blame ourselves, right? I don't, I don't like inauthentic- inauthenticity in women and men. In women, it's commonly clouded in solipsism. But even with men, yeah, I'll, I'll meet men like it was 100% her fault, 0% my fault. No, it's never that way. We like to believe it's that way. Certainly women will like to portray it that way. But it's not that way. It's not that way. So what can we do? I think if any of you come from a history of childhood trauma or trauma of any sort, and you you got to make the connections, you have to acknowledge that there was, that, whether it be neglect or abuse or whatever it is, and it led you to be in your psychosexual affirmative years to the man that you were in your high school years and, and later in your college years, that you can look back and trace that kind of awkwardness, that trauma that you had, early childhood trauma, ECT, And how it linked to you making decisions, perhaps, in your early uh, intersexual years of high school, college, and then marriage years. And what can we do about it now? I will be paying 50% to child support for at least another eight years. I can't own a home. Because of the amount of money I make, and then 50% of it goes to child support. This is a burden and a thing that I offer up. I offer up to Christ. But it is, it is a tough thing to swallow. And again, it's my decisions. I will take full accountability for my decisions. But it doesn't make it any easier to know that I suffer from these things for the foreseeable future. So what I want you to know is whatever age you are, make the links make the connections and certainly this episode some of you cannot relate to because you had a normal childhood and you didn't have any of that those those that, that negativistic talk in your head that people with trauma sometimes have that that anchor you down and bring you down and some of you are very successful and i don't see life as successful as being just because you make a lot of money but because that, that can lead to greed and, and idolatry, so to speak. You worship you worship the items and not the, not the creator. But you might have good relationships with your family and friends, and, and, and if you want women in your life, or a successful career and a balance, and a great religious life, and all these things, that's great, I don't envy you at all. I, I don't begrudge you. I think we should all strive to achieve excellence the best that we can. But for those of you who did struggle, with childhood issues make the connection and then what can you do now you know we have an episode on 14 mindsets that you're a loser the, the loser mindset's going to be well this is who I am forever and I can't do anything about it and certainly there's going to be certain decisions that might affect you forever let's say you did a bad investment or you have tons of student debt or hospital debt or you know whatever you're crippled by $200,000 debt and, and that maybe you accrued or your ex-wife accrued or you know whatever it is. Certainly these are things that we have to work on, but we can't give up. That's the sin of despair. That's the sin of Judas, right? Jude, between Judas and Peter, Peter didn't despair after forsaking Christ. Judas didn't take his life. So we don't want to fall for the sin of despair. I think the best thing to do is see what occurred in your lifetime, cause you to be the man that you are now, or woman, if you're one of the women listening to this, and then if you have liabilities in your life, whether they be physical, you know, you're, you're an alcoholic or you're morbidly overweight or financial, as I've already mentioned, or psychological or whatever it is, take an inventory and then look at your own strengths and weaknesses and figure out a plan like a Dave Ramsey plan of figuring how you can come out of this, this quagmire and just be the best man that you can be. Purge your childhood demons the best that you can. And nobody expects perfection. You should be humble and kind and treat others the way you want to be treated. But don't put too much pressure on yourself to be perfect. And remember, self-loathing, envy, hate, these are all poisons we concoct that only we drink. They are ultimately all short-sighted and negativistic and they don't help us. So yes, I could fixate every day, I pay 50% to child support on a decision I didn't make. This is not fair, injustice, injustice, injustice. I can't own a home, injustice, injustice, injustice. How does that make me a better person? How does that help me in any way? And it doesn't. So I would tell you, try to avoid the traps of negativistic thinking. And like we used to tell the older generations used to say, right, pull yourself from your bootstraps and just work yourself out of it and be the best man that you can be. And really, that's all we can ask. And in terms of my content, if you did not know these things and you're expecting me to be like some Rich Cooper or Rolo Tomassi, you know, someone who has, it seems like they got all their stuff together and they're driving around 600 horsepower sports cars. That's not me. That was never me. I do have great strengths, but I also have weaknesses. I am confident, but I also have insecurities. I am a human created by God. And like you, and like a lot of people, we persevere daily just to be the best that we can be. And if you feel disappointed that I am not living in a mansion, then unsubscribe and unfollow me. If that's what you feel you need, if you can only follow people that live in the lifestyle of the rich and famous, like the old television show, because that's not me. But what I can give you is insight into the mistakes I made to help you guys either recover from mistakes that you made like I did or help you young ones to avoid the mistakes that I made. Guys, if you appreciate my content, please post an honest review on Apple or Spotify. There's two links in the episode notes. One's for PayPal. If you want to make a small donation, I'll defray the cost of hosting this server because I don't make money from it. And there's also a link for the website where you can catch all the old episodes and all the articles. Lastly, subscribe and follow to the three feeds, the female holistic health apothecary, Confessions of an Elvis Child, and the Awakening Man. Until next time, take care. God bless. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Awakened Man Podcast. Find us on Facebook at the Awakened Man Podcast page. Subscribe and post an honest review on Apple Podcasts and consider donating to our crowdfunding account. And remember, freedom is better than Needham. Until next time. Music courtesy of Nine Inch Nails.